Bill, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Chris. Now, Chris, I can tell that you must sense the excitement in my voice. Am I right, pal? I just kind of ignore that now. Really. <laughs> oh, no! Chris, please, you are not going to pop my balloon, pal. You know why? I say, Chris, do you know why? Why? Because, bud, we got a new patron. Yes! Someone else has joined our Patreon page, and that is Liz. Thank you so very much, Liz, for jumping out at our highest level. I had emailed her, and I'm going to get back to her later today to actually get her uh, request for uh, the show that she wants us to cover. I have to get all her, uh, her information, too, because as you know, Chris, with our highest tier patrons, you get mugs, stickers, all the good stuff that we have to offer. Wow, Liz, we really appreciate that. I, I have to say, I'm I'm kind of shocked at how this show's turning out, <laughs> yeah, dude. The, the uh, seriously, the downloads are still going wild. Last episode, we actually were downloaded in all 50 states, if you can believe that. Wow. Yeah, we even went to the number 98 on the charts in Ireland. Now, Chris, we have to get going because. We are recording not one, but two episodes tonight, pal. That's right, episode number 51, which we're going to get to in a few minutes, and our second Patreon episode. Now, Chris, granted, it's a lot of work, but these are both fun episodes that we have. Because I'm telling you, last week's episode on the Clinton Avenue 5 bummed me out. And I've been thinking about it all week, and I just can't get it out of my head. And I just said, you know what, we got to just... Take a detour and do something a little more lighthearted, a little more fun this week. And, bud, that's exactly what we're going to do. What's more lighthearted than a good haunting uh, episode? Oh, haunted indeed, little buddy. Because tonight we are talking about the infamous haunted eBay painting. The painting entitled The Hands resist him now i have had no previous knowledge of this case have you ever heard of this before chris much like most of our cases no i <laughs> no not I at all i can't say i have but it is right on my alley because i love cases like this now i'm a bit of a skeptic chris and you know that but uh i really like to dig into these cases because um i like to cover cases where my opinion is one way but it could possibly be swayed in the opposite direction like I always talk about like a haunted doll or a haunted house or some shit. I go, that's bullshit. Now, with all that said, would I be brave enough to uh, stay the night in uh, said house with said doll? And the answer is an overwhelming no, pal. <laughs> There's just something so like, it's one of those things where like you're, you're around everybody in person. Ah, that's just such bullshit. And then when it's when it's just you and the when it's just you <laughs> yeah. and the supposed haunted item, uh, it's no longer a fun and game. Yeah, it is not fun anymore. And this is an even weirder case, Chris. And I never even heard or even thought about a haunted painting. But bud, that's what we're dealing with tonight. A haunted painting. And a haunted painting that was sold on eBay no less. And it, uh, Bill, we've brought this up before in the past, but you have a little experience with haunted uh, items. Yeah. Am I right, Bill? 
Oh my God. My God, Chris, you threw a curveball my way. I, I, I wasn't <laughs> expecting that. Yes, I actually have that in my notes. I'm going to get into that in just a little bit and make some comparisons to what I had experienced to what some of the people claim happened to them when viewing or owning this particular painting. I definitely drew some parallels, so I don't know. At this point, Chris, I'm 50-50. I don't know. But let's dig a little deeper into this and see what we can unravel. So, as I said, the name of the painting is The Hands Resist Him. And it was painted by a man named Bill Stoneham in 1972. So, old Billy Stoneham here was a pretty accomplished artist, right? And as you could tell by his works alone, I mean, this guy's very talented. The painting itself is actually based off of a childhood picture of him. The original photograph, <laughs> and I might post it, Chris, the original photograph is even scarier than the painting. If you look at this painting, The Hands Resist Him, it shows a young stoneman, probably about five years old, and it's a little kid looking straight at the person viewing the painting. And next to him, to his right, is what looks like a little girl, but as you zoom in, Chris, you realize that it is a doll. And it is a creepy-looking doll. This is not a friendly doll. Let's let's leave it that way. This is not well, a friendly sure doll. Well, sure doesn't look like No. <laughs> and now, if we go a little deeper into this picture, if we go behind the young Billy, we notice a glass door. It's blacked out, but on certain sections of the door, you see quite a few number of hands or handprints. So there's a lot of small, little, minute things going on in this picture. Overall, I'm looking at it, dude, and I don't find it that frightening i mean the doll looks a little fucked up but other than that i don't really find it too scary not as scary as a lot of people are acting when stoneham painted this thing back in 72 he had no intention of making this about any kind of paranormal entity it was just an interpretation and he actually says that the handprints on a door was and i quote a representation of the dividing line between the waking world and the world of fantasy and impossibilities, while the doll is a guide that will escort the boy through it. Now, I get that, okay? I, I understand the meaning of what he's trying to say, but the doll <laughs> leading the way? So uh, that definitely strays from the norm. Am I right? Yeah, I don't know if I'd want that thing leading the way through my between my awakened and sleeping state. It's interesting that he chooses a doll, I guess, to make it seem imaginary, right? So it's not a real person. So that would explain why I guess he made it a doll. But we all know, and I don't know how it was back in the 70s, but dolls are creepy as fuck. And I'd imagine they've been creepy since it's the beginning of time. So as I said, Chris, I went and found the original photograph that... Stoneham based the hands resist him off of and dude the fucking girl the little girl in the original photo her head's like tilted to her left so it basically looks very similar to what we see here but her face almost doesn't look human it looks doll-like but you're just seeing her profile I felt more uneasy looking at that photo than looking at this painting so when Stoneham originally painted this, it didn't really garner much attention at all. It made its way through a couple of art galleries, and it was bought and sold a few times. But 
this picture didn't end up getting its infamous reputation until nearly 30 years later, Chris. On February 2nd of 2000, that's when the picture of little Billy Stoneham and his doll friend there appeared on eBay. The hands resist him was up for sale. Let's dive into the eBay bidding aspect of this, all right? So the bidding opened up at $199, but it soon made its way all the ways up over $1,000. Now, I understand bidding and whatnot on eBay, but that seems a pretty substantial jump from the original asking price to what sold. So something, somewhere, had to create a bidding war. Well, we would be remiss if we didn't tell you how the painting uh, ended up showing itself again. And actually, it wasn't that it was kept in a nice frame hanging on someone's wall. That <laughs> no, no. Somebody, <laughs> somebody was just trying to get rid of or get a few bucks for <laughs> or sell at a Sotheby's auction. No, nothing like that. This was pretty much discarded in the back of an old brewery. And it, a picker had found it. They're not actually very descript in the way they tell you how it was found. Like, was the thing just outside tossed in a dumpster somewhere? Or was, you know, it laying in, in, in a basement? Like, and how did these people come to just find it in the back of this brewery and, and take it? Maybe they purchased it from the owner of the brewery? We don't know. So that part is uh, a little vague. But we do know, Chris, that... Very bizarre things started to happen to this family once the painting entered the home. And that was sort of their reason or their catalyst for trying to sell this painting. So let me read the description because we're going to find out a lot of information from the description that was left on this eBay posting. Okay, here we go. When we received the painting, we thought it was really good art. A quote-unquote picker had found it abandoned behind an old brewery. At the time, we wondered a little why a seemingly perfectly fine painting would be discarded like that. Today, we don't. One morning, our four-and-a-half-year-old daughter claimed that the children in the picture were fighting and coming into her room during the night. Okay. I'll fucking see ya. Uh, so, basically, if I'm reading this correctly, the child is saying that little Billy Stoneham and Nadal are protruding from the picture... And coming into her room. Is that what I am to take from this, Chris? <laughs> and, and they're fighting over nothing more than a <laughs> stick of gum. <laughs> so, all right. So let's continue. So they're in the room now. They're fighting. That's one of the claims. So now, and I'm, let me go back to this uh, little post here. Now, I don't believe in UFOs or Elvis being alive, but my husband was alarmed. To my amusement, he set up a motion-triggered camera for the nights. This is written weird. So, after three nights, there were pictures. The last two pictures shown are from that quote-unquote stakeout. After seeing the boy seemingly exit the painting under threat, we decided that the painting had to go. Please judge for yourself. Before you do, please read the following Warning and disclaimer, and then they give a disclaimer that they are not responsible for any bizarre shit that happens. I did end up finding a couple of pictures that they claim was the evidence of the characters from the painting moving or coming to life. And in my professional opinion, it looks like they just shined like a red light on it and then dimmed the room 
light from a different angle, giving the appearance of a creepier face on a doll. But it doesn't look much different at all. I don't believe pictures anymore these days, especially. I mean, maybe back 2000, things might have been a little hard to fidget with, but there's just, I got to see it in front of my face. Yeah, I mean, come on. You know, to believe that. I mean, we're talking about this thing leaving the photo. <laughs> yes, it's actually jumping off the canvas into the child's room. And at, at this <laughs> point... Fucking thing <laughs> rifles through the refrigerator yeah, at yeah. night. And, and it's at this point, they come out of the painting and the two characters in the painting, little Bill Stoneham and the doll, are fighting. Okay, they're, they're at wit's end with each other. They don't like each other. Yeah, so you would think, Chris, after seeing the objects of a painting move and becoming three-dimensional, that you would exit the home and probably never return. But no, they keep the picture where it is and decide to put it up on eBay. And <laughs> for someone else to get fucking <laughs> yes. with. And, you know, I wonder if, and you correct me if I'm wrong here, but I'm starting to have the feeling, Chris, that this disclaimer that they put up might have helped increase sales and views because there is a large market for people who like weird shit like that. 100%. And obviously we're, we're talking about it now, but because of the attention that it was given and the attention we're now giving it, that only adds to the lore of this whole thing. And then it, the next person who wants to sell it, it just keeps going higher and higher. Chris, we come to find out that over 34,000 people on eBay have viewed this. And apparently there were some bizarre um, experiences that different people who were viewing it had, or they claimed to have. And uh, one that we were laughing about off air was uh, the one gentleman who said that um, as he was viewing it, he heard a loud demonic sound, followed by a, <laughs> a hot gust of air, and then uh, the feeling of nauseousness. <laughs> So, Chris, let's dig a little deeper into this. I don't know if you want to, actually. But, uh, uh, so let, let's... You first. <laughs> let's go ahead. So, so, this gentleman says there was a loud sound, followed by a hot gust of air, and then the feeling of nauseousness. What... What could possibly have all three of those attributes? <laughs> Good grief. But, so yeah, we had that one guy who says there was a loud sound, you know, hot gust of air, he felt sick afterwards. Then there was another guy who says that he felt as if he lost control of his body and he was under some kind of MK Ultra mind control. And this <laughs> supposedly is just from looking at a picture on eBay. Not being in front of the painting itself, just from looking at it. Let's not forget the uh, person who had a new Epson printer that ate and mutilated the page after the user tried to download images of the painting. Ooh, uh, a paper jam? <laughs> Uh, no, is, that, is that what you're getting? Bill, this was clearly a haunting. <laughs> Although, Chris, you know, people say whenever they research this case or they look at anything pertaining to this case, that weird things start to happen to them. And we should actually tell the good people about what happened to us, Chris. Because as I said, I had taken pages of notes on this case. I came inside the house, put them on the kitchen table. And, dude, 
before we went to record, I could not find them to save my life. I am doing this without any notes, as you could probably tell, and we're now winging it because my notes are gone. And not only that, Chris, you said something bizarre happened to you on the way home. Yeah, actually, right as you sent that text, um, I was taking a detour because for whatever reason, as I'm driving through the detour, there's a car with the tire, <laughs> the wheels came off of the vehicle, <laughs> and the traffic light after that was out. Called an omen. Some eerie things did. Hopefully that was not derived from my text. Jesus. So Chris, I mean, now, now you got me a little nervous. I don't know. Maybe there's something to this, okay? Now, I'm missing my notes. You saw a car with a tire that fell off and the broken streetlight. So there's definitely some things going on here. And let's just hope it's not in relation to uh, the hands resist him. Let's hope for that, at least for our sakes. So, Chris, as I like to say on the show, we need to go backwards to go forward. So, let's dive back into the history of this painting a little bit and see if there was any weird goings-on back in the early days of the paintings. When I went to look into that, Chris, I was actually kind of surprised because, lo and behold, there were. As we stated earlier, this painting was created in 1972. From there, it was put into an art gallery. Obviously, within the art community, there are art critics who tend to write on pieces, whether it be in magazines, newspapers, or whatever. The Hands Resistem was available for purchase, and believe it or not, it was purchased by an actor by the name of John Marley. And the funny thing about him is he was the guy in The Godfather that was in bed with the severed horse head. Easy, Blue Balls. It was a prop, baby. It was a prop. So, yeah, you might remember old John Marley from there. So, now, let's look at these three people. You got the guy who owns their art gallery, the art critic, and the guy who purchases the painting. So, now, you may ask, what do these guys have in common? Well, unfortunately, Chris, a terrible fate had befallen all of them. What happened? Well, I'm getting to that, pal. Please be patient. Um, <laughs> this is kind of odd. I mean, I don't know, we could most likely chalk it up a coincidence, but let's not jump ahead to that just yet. So uh, I'm going to lay this on you and you tell me what you think. A few years after that painting was sold, and I'm getting this from this website called thelineup.com. All right, so here is the layout of events. A few years after the painting was sold, the art critic died. He dies, then the gallery owner dies. Then in 1984, Chris... The actor who purchased the painting, John Marley, he died. That's when the painting disappeared until it was found in the brewery. Can you imagine if there was fucking six new hands in the background of the... Holy shit, that's terrible. I I mean, that's genius too, Chris. So now things are getting a little strange, okay? We have three people that were directly involved with this painting have passed away within a short number of years, okay? So let's go back even further to 1971, before the painting was made, and see where Stoneham's mind was at, what was going on. And we come to find out that Stoneham actually got the inspiration for The Hands Resist Him by a poem that was written by his first wife, Rohan Pansetti, and the poem describes his life growing up as an adopted child. Am I right, Chris? Yeah, it says that he, I guess he, he never really knew his biological siblings, so this was based off of that, yeah. 
So you could imagine how difficult that must have been on him. And so now looking at the picture and then hearing his backstory, it's kind of making sense, right? Maybe the doll was supposed to be a representation of his siblings that he didn't know. That's therefore the reason it's hollow. And the hands are people or a family that's trying to get to him or he's trying to get to them, but he just can't. Well, God, listen to me go. I'm interpreting this thing now, Chris. What's happening? Or yeah, I was gonna say, or maybe the um, the doll is just representative of since he didn't have his siblings, he had to imagine one. You know, like that this this was his friend that he didn't have because he didn't have any siblings. Jesus Christ! Look at us going. I mean, God, but we're we're the artsy type now, Chris. <laughs> so let's go into this poem here. Let's see if we can uh, pick up any um, clues from this. This is the poem called "Hands Resist Him" by Rohan Ponsetti. He is of the seeing visions. His strokes reveal them in a rush of color of madness, of mystics. And his head is the highest center. It must confront its enemies. The hands resist him, like the secret of his birth. His presence is the sanctum heartbeat, felt in darkness and in passion. Its sound, the sole gift to that silence. Ooh, that's pretty deep. And very nice, I might add. That's a nice poem. Yeah. It's it's very nice. I don't I don't, th- I don't think I care for your hesitation there, pal. It's a nice poem. <laughs> no, it is. It is. I'm just trying to interpret it, Bill. Uh, we are recently acclaimed art professionals. Here. <laughs> My God, that came out of nowhere, didn't it? <laughs> uh, it sounds like maybe he was just plagued with the thought of not knowing his siblings. But I'm curious to know. I guess. If he knew he had biological siblings, and how did he know if he did? But because it makes it sound like he must have known, right? Because you would he's making the assumption that there were biological siblings. Maybe he was an only child. Well, that's what I mean. He, he he's he's well. From what it sounds like, it says of never knowing his biological siblings. So you're right. He's either just making that assumption, or he's maybe hoping that he had them. But obviously, it's something that I think, yeah, I think it just plagued him for so long. Obviously, his his first wife knew about it and wrote a poem on it. So I mean, how could it not? You know, so yeah. at least he was able to put that energy into something. He made this this nice painting here. But now here's the happy ending, Chris. The buyer of the painting was actually the Perception Gallery, located in your hometown, Bud, Grand Rapids, Michigan. The painting, The Hands Resist Him, ended up in its rightful position back in an art gallery. And that's where it remains to this day. So, I mean, I mean, that's a pretty nice ending to this story, isn't it, Chris? It wasn't an art gallery, went missing for nearly 30 years after it had killed all those people, uh, shows up on eBay and returns to an art gallery. I mean, that's a nice uh, hallmark ending, isn't it? I would say so. I think it's where it belongs, in an art gallery, not... In the hands of someone who plans on making a few extra bucks off of it on eBay. Yeah, totally. I mean, this guy is a very talented artist, and his work should be displayed. So I'm looking at all this information and some of the claims from the people who view it or who have owned it. They are outlandish and very difficult to believe. But as you alluded to earlier in the show about my experience with uh, a mirror, 
And I, I told this story on one of our very early episodes, and I think it was like a circus-themed mirror. They were like, you know, balloons, maybe even some clowns or some shit. So what happened was my sister-in-law, her friend gave her a mirror to give to my daughter. It was like a little girl's mirror and like frilly little sides and shit. And we didn't think anything of it. It had sat around for a little bit, and then my daughter asked if I can please put it up in her closet. So it was on the inside of the closet. So when the closet door is open, the mirror is there. When it's closed, you can't see it. So one night, Chris, uh, I'm putting my daughter to sleep, and, I, and I'm laying there. I fell asleep next to her, and all of a sudden, I hear laughing from the closet. And I swear to God, it woke me up, and I opened up the closet door, and it was this little bear that I had purchased for her when she was first born it's like one of the things you squeeze the stomach and it, and it laughs and the funny thing here is that the thing was broken for years i think at this point she was like seven and i had bought it for her when she was born so for about five or six years the thing didn't work and all of a sudden the thing starts laughing by itself in the closet and i swear to god dude i'm not sure how i would react i would throw the thing out immediately well that's what ended up happening Chris because you might recall on the second I'm talking night, about that teddy bear. Oh, oh the bear? <laughs> I know I, I I this all came about I still have the bear. The bear's still here. This all happened within the span of a week. So now at the second night or I don't know I can't remember the actual uh, time frame but a night or two later again this is in the middle of the night. So I had a dream that there was a fire in my house and I wake up, you know, I'm startled by the dream. I wake up and I look under the closet door, and there are red and yellow flashing lights, which kind of look like a fire within the closet. I go open up the fucking door. Uh, on my mother's grave, this is all true. Open up the door, and it was my daughter's dress that was hanging up that had these lights in it that went off by itself in the middle of the night, right when I had this dream. Okay, so now that's the second incident. Now, you, do you remember me telling you that story? Yes. Yeah, so that was the second night, dude. And that was when I knew that the mirror was getting the fuck out of this house one way or another. So I knew it was on borrowed time. So I was like, my daughter loved it, though. She said, Can we, you know, I was telling her we might, you know, redesign it and we'll get rid of the mirror. So I gave it one more night. And, dude, this was the cherry on fucking top. So I'm laying in bed, dude. And, again, it's around that 2 or 3 a.m. time frame. And I hear and felt like something kind of like grazed against me and i hear bill and i fucking woke up startled dude and chris i went at that exact moment took the mirror off the fucking wall and i put it into our trash can to be taken away and luckily enough as fate would see to it as it so often does it was garbage day so that fucking mirror went into the garbage and took a beeline straight the fuck out of town to the local town dump and nothing has ever happened since where some other unsuspecting person took it. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, I, better than them you. Um, yeah, it makes you wonder, was there like a like the ghost of a child trapped inside this thing and it came out at night and started playing with the toys? Well, <laughs> well, dude, it was just weird, simple little things, man. The, 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 the dress lights, the little lights on a dress going off, that was the final straw for me. The way it related to the dream I was having about the fire and had the same sort of colors, I was done with that shit. Oh, so the final straw wasn't the whisper of your name? That, that, <laughs> I gave it one more night. I gave it one more night. I tried <laughs> to get, I gave it three chances. But, All right. One more haunting and you're out of here. <laughs> but I don't feel too bad because I end up finding out that 
the woman who gave it to my sister-in-law said that she had some weird experiences with it too when her daughter had it. So I was like, oh, thanks. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> That's like the people selling this thing on eBay. <laughs> but yeah, dude, that was weird. So like now I'm, I'm, I'm torn, man. I don't know what to believe because I've experienced some weird shit like that. And I'm the, the biggest skeptic, but also the biggest hypocrite too. Like I said, <laughs> I don't believe in this shit, but you know, why the fuck did I get rid of the mirror? And would I sleep in the room with the hands resist him hanging on the fucking wall? The answer to that is hell no. I know. It's one of those things where it's just like by association, you just you can't take any chances. For the sake of your sleep yes. and for your sanity, you just need to know that it's that it's not in your presence. Well so you now get rid of it. Yeah, well now you're you're the, the you're just gonna be fucked up psychologically, just hearing all these stories, whether they're true or not, it's gonna be in the back of your head and then you're gonna freak yourself out. Yeah. Like when we went to Apartment F yes. 60, 70 times. We are going to have to do a story on Apartment F. This is an apartment in the town that I live in that Chris and I had an obsession with that uh, was terrifyingly haunted. At least in my mind, Chris, and the, the way I felt when we were down there. Yeah, that that's all it really takes. Once something gets into your head and you believe that it's possible, then any little thing can happen to set you off. Uh, a creek... Uh, the sound of a of the heat making noise, anything, a pipe, your mind will immediately run to something else, and then you just freak yourself out. Yeah, totally. And I, I think that's probably what's going on with this painting, man. And now that it's changed hands so many times, and you hear that some people that had had connections to the painting itself have passed away. So now you can see how through time, and you know this eventually becomes folklore. <laughs> some things are true, some things are not. Now you got a fucking terrifying story on your hands. But I, I wanted to actually read one of the statements that Bill Stoneham actually made. And he says, uh, and I quote, both the owner of the gallery where hands, ooh, he calls it just hands, hands was displayed. We should have called it hands right from the fucking start, Chris. They're cool, on a first name basis. How cool would we have sounded? All right, so both the owner of the gallery where hands was displayed and the Los Angeles Times art critic who reviewed my show were dead within a year of the show. I'm sure it was a coincidence, but some of what I paint resonates in other people. Opening the inner door, or basement. By the way, I still have no idea what happened to the character actor who bought the painting or how it ended up abandoned in a building, though I could speculate. Hmm. So I think what Bill is saying here is that Somebody probably got freaked out by this painting. Whoever owned it in that time frame after Marley owned it got freaked out and tucked it away. Which is what I would do. Uh, no, no offense to, to Billy, but uh, I don't know if I'd hang that on my wall. Fuck no, that thing's not going anywhere near my house. I wouldn't even keep that thing in my fucking basement. Yeah, I don't know. Even even without this story, I, I, I wouldn't. It's It would still creep me out. The little hands in the background? Come on. Upon further review, it definitely is a little scary. One of my uh, good friends is uh, a fairly well-known artist, a great artist. And um, I was actually down in his gallery the other day. And you guys can check out his work at DrewMillerArt.com. Drew's fucking work is... It, 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 it's out of this world. It doesn't even look like... You have to like get close to the fucking painting to see if it's like a, a painting or a picture. I can't tell. So I'm down there in the gallery, and I'm looking at these fucking these paintings right and they're a lot of more like portraits uh, of people and the thing is it like most paintings dude the eyes follow you 
So, like, I'm looking at, like, I wouldn't be comfortable down there by myself. Not with all these fucking pictures looking at me. And now I'm wondering, because I asked Drew, I sent him a message. I go, have you ever heard of this story? And do you have any weird, you know, instances that happen with, you know, any paintings? And, bud, he uh, evaded the question. So now I'm wondering what information he's holding back. Honestly, go check out his artwork, DrewMillerArt.com. And dude, I'm telling you, I, I just envision now down at his art gallery that the pictures and the paintings are just fucking talking to each other at night when it, when, when the lights are out. <laughs> the real question is, are you ever going to go back to oh, his gallery after this episode? I, I will be there because my daughter takes art lessons and uh, I have her there with me so my, my little 12-year-old can protect me. <laughs> so, uh, Chris, let's get into what we think and we can wrap this up and get the hell out of here. Bud, after going through all this information, what says you? Do you think there's something dark and sinister behind this painting? Tell us what you think. So, based off of the whole incident with the eBay person, I think that was BS. I think that was a ploy to raise the price Agreed. of the painting. If there is something about that painting, I don't think it's demonic. I would say maybe there's something spiritual about it. Maybe, you know, th this. there's a lot of meaning behind this picture, right? A lot of meaning to the painter. Mm -hmm. So I suppose in a way maybe that there, there could be some of his spirit in this. Maybe, you know, sometimes things happen, like you get certain feelings about things. You know, not necessarily that they're bad, but you just kind of get like a feeling that the painting is alive. But I wouldn't go as far as to say the thing came out of the painting and stuff like that. I think that's a little absurd. What says you? Now, what says I? Um, I think, uh, I agree with you, as you said earlier, about the eBay thing being bullshit. That was just a way to drive up prices. But what does bother me is the fact that the three gentlemen who first came in contact with it died within... A couple of years. So you had the art gallery owner and the critic who died a year after, and then you had the actor who died in 84. So, I mean, that's a little odd, but what creeps me out more is that this thing went missing for 30 years and was found in the back of this, this brewery, right? I mean, that's kind of weird. So that makes me think that somebody had a fucked up experience with it and just left it to lie dormant. And I, I don't know. I mean... I would say 100% bullshit, but that experience that I had with that mirror made me a little bit more of a believer. But I'm going to... Um, let's see. Fuck it. I'm saying it. This this painting is haunted. It's haunted. Ooh. Mm -hmm. I did not expect you to go that route. Yes. I, I did not... When I Like I said, when I first started this episode, I was certain... I was going to say not haunted, but I am going out on a limb and I'm saying haunted. It is just too eerie. And the fact that I wouldn't even want this thing in my house, even if it was in the basement, that just pushed me over the edge. 100% haunted. And you could put that feather in your cap, Chris. Well, there you have it, good people. <laughs> yeah. Chris, I'm, I'm just as surprised as all of you are with uh, my, my proclamation there. 
But uh, as I'm shifting through some of these websites here, <laughs> I had uh, just come across some very unfortunate news, pal. Um, it seems that somebody had contacted old Billy Stonehand to create a prequel to the Hands Resist Him, and uh, this person purchased that painting. Uh, would you care to guess who? I, I can't. <laughs> I can't even think. Yeah. <laughs> Zach fucking Baggins. <laughs> I swear to God, the guy that we always fucking joke around about. The, 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 uh, we were just joking about him before the yes! show started. I can't fucking believe what I'm reading. He actually <laughs> he contacted Stoneham and had him fucking draw a prequel to this painting. God, wow. da- Baggins is everywhere. God damn it. I mean, yeah, it's always got to be a happy ending when uh, Zach Baggins is involved. So, uh, Chris, <laughs> I don't know. There's really not much left to say, huh? Somewhere in a very dark room, <laughs> there are 60 cameras on a painting waiting for one movement. One little movement. <laughs> and as soon as it moves, none of those cameras were focused on the painting. Lo and behold, unbelievable. They, just for a moment... <laughs> Turned their gaze. Oh, man. So that's it, Chris. That is the case of the infamous The Hands Resist Him painting. Woo! That one uh, was a little more wild than I thought, and uh, I did not expect my opinion to turn like that. Good God, I'm a phony. So, uh, Chris, (laughs) with all that said, why don't we give the rundown... Oh, and I forgot. I wanted to give a birthday shout-out to uh, my dear friend Shannon Beckwith, who is actually a listener of the program, along with my uh, other good friend from high school, her husband Mike Beckwith. Uh, They're listeners of the show, and uh, Mike did tell me it was her birthday, so I wanted to give her a birthday shout-out, because, Chris, that's what we are here at BTC. We are a community of friends and family, and as uh, our new patron Liz said, she loves the fact that we don't talk politics on the show, and we never will, because I agree, Liz, I can't stand that shit. You know, you just want somewhere you can go for a little rest and relaxation without having to get into any negativity, and uh, the only negativity you're going to find here is lack of research. Right, Chris? (laughs) That is 100% correct. Yes. So now, with all that said, let me give the rundown. If you want to get in touch with us, you can reach us at btcpod2020 at gmail.com, or you can get us on Facebook at the Between the Cracks podcast. You can get in touch with Chris there, or you can uh, reach out and grab me like uh, little Billy Stoneham does in his picture here on Instagram at the Between the Cracks podcast. Uh, What else? Oh, the uh, merch store, if you want to buy any merch, the link is in the show notes. And we're at teespring.com, and just search BTC, will come right up. And also, if you do want to become a patron, we have different tier levels. There's shout-outs, we give away mugs, stickers, the ability to request shows. And uh, we are actually on our way to record a Patreon episode right now. So, Chris, with all that said, why don't you say we wish... The fine, fine, fine people out in podcast land, the fondest. Oh, farewell. Easy, Billy. Easy. Right out of that painting. Oh my god, 90 minutes? This one's longer than before.